The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. You will have heard during the week that Commission Naman, which is the regulatory body responsible for both social media and uh, traditional media taking over the role that used to be part of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, it's in the middle, or at the beginning rather, of a consultation process to look at the manner in which they are going to regulate social media in this country and by virtue of the fact that many of the headquarters of the social media entities are in this country across an awful lot of Europe. And I'm joined by Jeremy Godfrey, who is Executive Chairperson of Commission uh, Naman. Jeremy, good morning. Good morning. Now, can we start with a, a hypothetical example about the kind of challenges that you face? Uh, take the hate speech legislation in Ireland. We've discussed that on this programme and we've we've given um, airtime to concerns on both sides. A lot of people concerned about it. But about 10 days ago, Elon Musk on his platform tweeted his belief that that hate speech legislation was going to wind up with armed police storming people's houses. Now, he has a reach that is 40 to 50 times the combined total of all broadcasters in Ireland. And if any one of us did that, you would be down on us like a ton of bricks. So what do you do about that? Well, um, first of all, the hate speech legislation, obviously it's before the Oireachtas at the moment, um, and that's really a matter for legislators and the government, how that progresses. Um, of co- I mean, I would just challenge you when you say that uh, we would be down on people like a ton of bricks. Um, people have a right to make contributions to political debate and civic discourse as long as they stay within the law. If a broadcaster, if News Talk said without balancing it in any way mm. that the hate speech legislation is going to wind up with armed police storming the houses of yeah. the citizenry, the broadcasting authority as was and Commissioner Man as is would go bananas. So, um, Broadcasters obviously are bound by codes and rules about fairness, balance, um, accuracy in news and current affairs. That's 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 they are broadcasters. That's their content. Um, we regu- on the social media side. We regulate the platforms. We regulate. They are the um, the the channel through which people's um, opinions are conveyed. We don't regulate the people speaking. Um, so in the hypothetical example, the example you you gave, um, yes, of course, if someone who owns a platform speaks through the platform, they are just, we would regard that just as the same as any other citizen. So, But if, you do regulate what they say to some extent. If it airs into areas to do with the, um, uh, the incentivization of hatred towards yes. specific groups, then you'll intervene. So w- we intervene with the platform. So the platform um, must have in its terms and conditions a prohibition on... Uh, certain types of content. So it must uh, must prohibit people from uploading or sharing um, hate speech that um, incites violence, incites hatred. Um, we're putting in our draft code that they must have a prohibition on their users uploading content that is cyberbullying or um, promotes suicide or eating or feeding disorders. Um, we have prohibitions on uh, certain types of um, illegal activity like uh, like promoting terrorist activity. So all of those are things um, that the platforms have an obligation um, to uh, prevent to to prohibit their users from 
uploading it, they have an obligation. They will have an obligation that uh, if you see that content, you have to be able to. And how it. is that line chosen, Jeremy? Because that that is to therefore suggest that uh, the platform isn't allowed to host people saying it is cool to be super skinny, but they are allowed to host people fomenting public unrest, discord, and spreading disinformation. So, um, from so hate speech. Um, inciting violence. So ferment, when you say fermenting public discord, that, that's inciting violence. No, not necessarily. But the fermenting of yeah. the public discord could be what we saw with Brexit. It could be what we saw with, with yeah. Trump, so, what we saw with Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. Disinformation and misinformation does not necessarily mean violence. That, that's true. So um, the code, this uh, online safety code, which is, I should say, is binding obligations on the platforms, um, that doesn't deal with disinformation and misinformation. Um, there are other rules. So I'd say the code is part of an overall framework for online safety. Um, so there are other rules um, under European legislation which deal with disinformation and misinformation on the large platforms. Well, let me ask um, you then, if, if we take what occurred on uh, late November when we saw the riots in Dublin, that was an instance where the government has expressed its concern yeah. about social media and, and the social media action. Do you believe that there was, there was significant material being being shared on those social media platforms that led to violence? So um, I'll I'll just kind of draw a distinction. Um, Even before those events happened, there was material on social media platforms that created fertile ground by uh, inciting hatred um, and promoting violence against uh, members of you know, um, immigrant groups, racial minorities. That created the fertile ground for it. Um, and the online safety code that we have and the other tools we have are designed to reduce that amount of content to make uh, so the platforms will have to um, prohibit it in their terms and conditions. They'll have to enable people to report it. When it's reported, they'll have to act on those reports. Um, so that, those are important things in the online safety code. Um, and so, so in a way, the the fertile, creating the fertile ground will, will be dealt with. Now, on the on the day, we were concerned. The moment we heard about the stabbing incident, we were concerned about. Um, we were concerned that actually distressing imagery might be shared, and we were also concerned that it might become a lightning rod for people to incite uh, hatred and violence. So we asked the platforms to keep an eye out for that. Um, so we warned them about it. They came back to us and said, yes, they'd, they'd activated their um, their instant response teams to look at it. Um, and uh, and um, and so th- we, we've been engaging them to find out what they did. Now, now, can I go back? Sorry to interrupt, Jeremy, but because I, I, I want to pursue the, the uh, response that you got in a second. Mm. Before that, you talked about the, the fertile ground that was created yeah. for those riots in advance. I assume that one of the challenges with that is that the types of behaviours that create such a fertile ground are often insidious. It isn't that someone overtly says, let us go and attack that group. It can be dog whistles and mood music. Yeah. Is that difficult to regulate? Well, you the you have to you know the platforms have to draw a line. We have to make sure they're drawing the line in the right place. So um, if it's inciting hatred, it doesn't necessarily have to be inciting violence. So that, so when you talk about dog whistles, yes, that can be inciting hatred. And sometimes the language that's used can be quite subtle, um, uh, not not absolutely overtly inciting hatred. And that is something that. Um, that, that, that does need to be 
properly regulated. People need to be able to report uh, uh, report something and say this uh, this piece of um, content is inciting hatred, and and if it is inciting hatred, then the platforms need to take it down, and we will have some oversight and and hold them accountable for how they do that. Talk to me a little bit about that holding to account, because uh, in the aftermath of those riots, there was a lot of discussion um, from government sources, and what they said was that the social media platforms, in large part, responded positively when asked. Twitter, X, didn't. What's interesting is that there's now a bit of a paradox with Twitter and X, which is Twitter in Ireland is saying, we actually did and we engaged. Meanwhile, their owner-in-chief executive is expressly making it a point of pride that he will not do what governments tell him. Yeah. So um, every social media platform has to do what the law requires. And when Elon Musk says to you what he said to Bob Iger, when he says, go F yourself, what do you say? So, you know, I don't think I would react to uh, to to, uh, the, to any coarse language, but the point is that there's a legal obligation. We have powers to investigate. Um, and I say this is any social media platform, not necessarily the one you're talking about. We have powers to investigate. We have powers if we make a finding that um, a social media platform has not um, abided by its obligations, we can fine them. Um, up to 10% of their turnover, up to 20 million euros, whichever is the higher, um, depending you know, depending on which law we're, we're talking about. So there are big fines there. Now, is that going to be feasible? Because we've seen with Helen Dixon and the Data Protection Commission, now, to some extent, she has a, a you know, undoubtedly very complex gig, but simpler by comparison in that things like data transfers are absolutes. They occurred or they didn't. You live in a more nebulous world, world of interpretation of language and imagery and all the rest of it. Are we going to actually see those kind of fines? And do you think it's going to curb some of the egregious behavior we've seen from the platforms? So I think um, we certainly want to hold the platforms to account. We expect to see some changes in behaviour, if if if, we were, if everyone was satisfied with the way they were behaving, we wouldn't have a need for all these laws. So we certainly expect to see changes in behaviour. Um, I mean, of course, what we would hope is that the changes in behaviour will happen, and there won't be a need for the fines. But if they, but you know, if we if we um, if we or the European Commission, who also have a uh, an enforcement role in some aspects of this, if we see um, behaviours that we think are not compliant with the uh, applicable laws and regulations and codes. If we see those behaviours, we will investigate. Um, We will obviously follow fair procedures. Everybody will have the right to be heard. Uh, But at the end of the day, if we make a finding that there has been a a breach, we can impose a fine. Now, obviously, there'll be um, people have rights to... um, to appeal those, you know, those, those findings of ours, um, and no doubt, often when you have a new regulatory regime, it starts off with uh, some findings and some appeals. Uh, but sooner, but you know, it will settle down. And but then describe to me, Jeremy, to... the the vista that you hope for compared to where we now are. What you say you wouldn't need to exist, and the regulations wouldn't need to exist yeah. if everybody was satisfied. So, what do you think the current dissatisfaction is, and yeah. what's the ideal end result? So, I think one of the things people are quite dissatisfied with, and they tell us, and in fact, in our call for inputs, people said it. One thing they they are dissatisfied with is they think that if they report um, things to the platforms, nothing happens. Um, And that is something that has to change. Now, now the platforms um, do have quite a lot of proactive looking for for content, um, but we are told by people, and we've had some really heartbreaking cases that have been reported to us, of individuals who, um, sometimes it's an individual who feels personally very harmed and threatened by 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 a piece of content 
directed to them, at them, or it's other pieces of content that get reported and either get ignored or they think that the platforms haven't applied their own terms and conditions and in future the platforms will have to apply the terms and conditions that we tell them they must have um so so that that needs to change so the the, 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 how quickly they, they respond and how accurately they respond has to change. Um, another thing that people are quite concerned about that we are also consulting about is the way the what, what they call the recommender systems work. So that's the algorithm that decides what content is in your feed, your personal feed. And people are concerned that those algorithms are optimized. They're designed to keep you on the platform. Now, can I ask you about Sorry. this? Because this is going to be, I would imagine, a significant battleground between you and the social media sites because the the Facebook whistleblower Francis Hagan, one of the things that she said was that Facebook's algorithm searches for um, discord. It searches mm. for things that annoy you and it feeds you more of them. Elon Musk has expressly said that, that if you go on Twitter and you say, I dislike this or I think it's, it's disgraceful, the algorithm will give you more of it because that annoyance is what it feeds off and that gets engagement. If you're going to regulate them out of that, isn't that a straight attack at the core of the business model? Yeah. So their business model is for them, uh, but you have safety. You, know, you go If you fly on an airplane, the pilot will say to you at the beginning of the flight, safety is his number one priority. And that's true. Um, so it's important that safety becomes part of the way that social media companies operate. So we're concerned that the recommender algorithms um, can amplify the harmful and illegal speech rather than reducing its uh, reach. We're concerned that um, you can end up with what people sometimes call a toxic feed. So it's constant um, uh, content about, say, uh, body image, which can, you know, any one piece may not be that damaging, but the aggregate of it is. So we're, we're very concerned. And, so one, uh, and again, will that only relate to hate speech? So that, no, that won't relate to misinformation or disinformation? Will it'll, it? it'll relate to anything that causes the online harm. So not, not disinformation and misinformation. That's, I'll, I'll maybe come back to um, how that um, how that. Is, uh, is regulated and, and addressed. But, uh, it, for example, um, there's concern about what they call toxic beauty content. So that's not hate speech, but that is content which can cause um, people who are maybe psychologically a little bit vulnerable to develop very low self-esteem and develop um, certain types of disorders. So we're, we're, we're concerned about that. So we're, one of the things we're consulting on, and as you say, it is, it's, 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 a, it's a more complicated area, um, so we want to hear more views about it, is how we can ask the social media companies to have safety plans for their recommender systems. How, and another thing we're asking for is how can they build safety and safety impact assessments into how they develop their products. You said you would come back to disinformation yeah. and misinformation. Yeah. So um, one thing for the social media companies, the big companies, what they call the very large online platforms. So those are companies with more than 45 million users. So we're talking Meta, Google, YouTube. So Meta, Google, YouTube, TikTok, they've all been designated by the European Commission as very large platforms. They have an obligation to um, conduct risk assessments and 
one of the things they have, to, one of the risks they have to assess is the risk to uh, public discourse, the risk to electoral integrity, and they have to take um, mitigation measures against those risks. Now, that's something that the European Commission is in charge of rather than ourselves, but that's quite important. Um, there's also a code of practice on misinformation that most of them have signed up to, and um, that code of practice is likely to be, you know, adhering to it is, is, is very likely to be one way of mitigating those risks. Well, this brings us back to what level of cooperation you are going to get from the various different platforms. Let's go back to the, the riots in November. Were you satisfied with Twitter's response? So I think, I'll just draw a distinction. In terms of engagement, people meeting with us, telling us what they're doing, I think we've had good engagement with all the social media platforms. But engagement isn't the same as compliance. And, um, you know, the, the question of whether the social media companies have have been complying with their obligations. And although our online safety code isn't in place yet, the Digital Services Act... But that specific one, you said that you made the... Effectively, I assume it's it's a posher version of it, but you made the phone call to all of them. The government response or the government um, information subsequently has been that the only one who did not respond positively and actively and in a way that was compliant was X. Is that your view? So... Um, I'm not going to comment on a regulatory matter. The question um, of whether or not any of the platforms uh, complied or did not comply with... So they have an obligation, a legally binding obligation in place today to properly enforce their own terms and conditions. So if they have... If they have rules that say you mustn't post this kind of content, they've got an obligation to properly enforce those rules and apply those rules. So um, the question of whether or not social media companies did in fact comply with that obligation is something that um, um, can be assessed. And well, I, don't well, let me go, I don't want to go into understood. details of how that's being done. But I would just say at the moment also that that's um, because we do not yet have the enforcement power for that rule, but the European Commission does. So Let me ask a slightly to look at it. Uh, a related but, but not derivative question. If a social media company at some point in the future is not satisfactorily compliant with those kind of requests, what will you be able to do? So if they're not satisfactorily compliant with requests that they have a legal obligation to comply with, we will be able to launch an investigation, gather the evidence, um, get the data from the social media companies, analyze it ourselves if we if we need to, reach a conclusion about whether or not they've been compliant or not. If they've not been compliant, we can make a finding of non-compliance, and on foot of that finding of non-compliance, we can impose a fine. Now, I, forgive me for, for asking, but I assume that there will be a sense among people who will say, this is all well and good, but it is quite the fight you may have on your hands with some of these matters. How many staff are you going to have when you're fully staffed up? Yeah, so... Um, we currently have about 80 staff. We're aiming for about 160 early, um, early mid next year. And uh, we'll be going back to the government say we want to get up to 250. It has been, I have to say, the recruitment we've done has been amazingly successful. Um, people, there's a, such a desire that people have to want to play a role in holding the social media company. But the reality is, though, this is the, I mean, it is the, the de- definition of David and Goliath, isn't it? I think we will have the staff we need um, to um, conduct the investigations if we have to conduct them, to supervise the platforms day by day so that we know what's going on, conduct the investigations, make the findings, impose the fines. I think we're we're very you know we're confident we will be staffed up. Um, 
you know, you may say it's David and Goliath, but I seem to remember it was David actually uh, won the fight against Goliath. That is a fine point. If you want to get involved in the consultation process, which is ongoing through until the 19th of January, because the manner of regulation and the manner of the code of practice on which that will be based is yet to be finalised. So if there is any contribution that you would like to make, there's a, a consultation process on the Commission Naman website. In the meantime, thank you very much to the Executive Chairperson of Commission Naman, Jeremy Godfrey. Thank you. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at 9. On News Talk.